The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to shorts and tees and bikinis. And for anything I'm trying to update in my wardrobe, I'm not trying to spend a small fortune. Let me tell you about Quince, because I just found a bikini, top and bottom, $50. High quality, $25 for the top, $25 for the bottom. There is a certain Australian shearling slipper that I've been looking for, and I found it for $50 on Quince. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Lexi for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Lexi to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Lexi. You know the week before your period? I would argue that it's worse than your actual period. I feel like I want to crawl out of my skin. I have crazy cravings. I feel down. I feel like my head's going to explode. And I think I hate myself and everything around me. And I'm on the verge of a menti B and I do not know why. Then I start bleeding and I'm like, ah, got it for sure. Now it's easier than ever to manage PMS with estro control. Happy Mammoth is the company that created Hormone Harmony as well as estro control and is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means only using science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code LEXI, L-E-X-I-E, at checkout. That's happymammoth, H-A-P-P-Y, M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com, and use the code LEXI for 15% off today. Hi. Hi. What's your name? I'm Ella Snyder. What's your name? I'm Lexi Lombard and I'm the host of the At Lexi podcast. And typically I do this show alone, but occasionally I'll stumble upon someone that I feel needs to be shared. And And I'm one of them? You're one of them. Also, if you're listening to this podcast, great. Happy to have you here. But if you're watching this podcast, hi. Good to see you. Hi, to me and me alone. To me, to us. And us together. Three angles. Okay, we are making moves. I wanted to have a video format for guest episodes, and I tried once before. Ooh, sorry, that got too loud. I tried once before in an episode with Tyra Booker on an episode of Friendship, and it was scrappy. It was just sitting at home vlog style, but this time we're in the studio. We have three angles, and we're making upgrades. Okay, now on to our guest. Ella Snyder is an artist, a Parsons School of Design graduate, Mm. a model, a former YouTuber, potentially again, a TikTok, Instagram, Twitter sensation, and an up-and-coming star. Thank you so much for saying all of those nice things about me. And I do want to backtrack and say I don't know if we can say I'm a Parsons graduate, but oh, I am. What? I am. <laughs> I am a former student of Parsons in the new school, but I did she drop didn't, out. She didn't graduate. I always just say, um, since com- like 
since finishing my education at Parsons because personally I finished it. Yeah. But I haven't necessarily completed like the degree. You got what you needed, yeah. maybe not what the system requires. Yes. Yeah. I got my education. Which is fine because it's not like you were just going to school and said, Alright, this is no longer for me. The pandemic happened and you were chosen to make a book with dazed. Yes. Okay, yeah. So let's take a step back to twenty twenty. Yeah. Um Yeah, I was a full-time student at Parsons studying photography and COVID hit. Um, we were supposed to go on spring break and then spring break turned into a global lockdown um, and we never went back to school and yeah. I never ever <laughs> went back to school. Me because I graduated. <laughs> lucky girl, lucky girl. But yeah, I think sometime around March, like similar timing as like COVID was really rolling out and becoming news um i found out from dazed magazine that i was shortlisted for their dazed 100 competition which can you explain to those that don't know what that competition is yeah totally so <clears throat> every year this publication selects 100 people that they think are actively shaping society and like being heard speaking up um and just like doing cool things in their lives and in their community and i'd been following the list for a couple of years for sure just because i had seen a lot of my peers and just other um people that i looked up to like be featured on this list yeah i kind of always looked at it as an outsider like oh this is so cool like i wonder what you have to do to be a part of this and then one day i just got a phone call that i was on the short list and like being considered for it um but i think it, i really became aware of it like when hunter schaefer was on it mm -hmm. um because i had done a, a pre-college program with her so we were kind of friendly and then i saw her get featured on this and it was before euphoria um and like really early on in her days of modeling and then her career kind of just skyrocketed and i was like whoa i i want to i want that for myself to be honest i don't know how it worked out but like COVID happened and that phone call came in and then it ended up being this thing where they were having each of the hundred people propose different artist projects, kind of like grant proposals. Like if you could be given money, like what would you do with it? What would you make? As I said, I was a full-time Parsons student at the time studying photography and in school I was like actively brainstorming and mood boarding this idea for a photo book documenting trans and non-binary people around the world um, because I myself am trans, I'm a trans woman and at the time, this was early 2020, like I had just come out publicly as trans on YouTube and on social media and I really was just looking for a way to reconnect with my community after like being stealth, meaning like not sharing my trans identity for so long um, didn't you have a magazine or a publication mm -hmm. prior to 2019 called Tucked? Yes, but that was like a really small like high school project. It was kind of like the beginnings of this photo book, but like as an idea that I started in high school, that was like a little magazine both by and for trans youth. Did your high school honestly no. no like i i kind of kept my head down throughout all of high school and like the people who knew that i was trans knew 
and then the people who didn't didn't um and the girls who know know yeah the girls who know know the girls who get it get it i definitely disclosed within that magazine that i was trans but like it wasn't like that many people were like picking up this magazine and reading it there were like three copies made um and then i would just like individually have printed copies for the people that were like a part of it yeah i did that and then with this photo book um i ended up being one of the the finalists of days 100 and actually receiving thank you um receiving grant funding from them to actually make the project a reality so since 2020 like very slowly it's been a slow burn um i've been it's been a global pandemic i mean it's been a global pandemic i've also like my modeling career really has skyrocketed also since that time in my life yeah and i just i've been very busy and preoccupied and like i'm still shooting for this book on the side and while i go on these adventures but yeah um it's coming together so you got to work on the book and you were going across the country right i really started in new york because at the time like we were in lockdown and like traveling was just really kind of out of the question for a long time so i think i really started um i kind of blew through my grant funding from days like in the first six months of shooting for this book and really was shooting like three or four times a week finding people either through instagram or through my agent fuji and like his network of queer and trans people um and yeah i was shooting all over new york renting studios renting equipment and that was like the first six months of production in this book and then once travel restrictions eased up i found myself going to la a lot more then eventually i moved to la so then i was going back and forth between la and new york for modeling stuff and for shooting for this book and your agent to clarify is your modeling agent yes yes i only have half modeling agents at the moment so while working on this book you were also a signed model yes when and how did you get into modeling okay uh i i mean i grew up always wanting to be a model um and because i was trans and because i grew up in boston massachusetts of all places like i just never saw that as a like possibility for myself um because yeah I, i just didn't have any trans model role models um or like girlies from Boston that were doing anything outside of Boston um, to look at and and be inspired by. Um, but I would say I really got got into it when I was 16 and it was kind of a mix of being scouted, but also I got into it through my photography. I was just this little creative kid in Boston who wanted to be a model but didn't think she could. I was taking photographs of all of my friends in like model-esque ways. Like I was really just trying to be like a fashion photographer in Boston and make this kind of life happen for myself. And so we have this friend Maud. Um, but I was taking photographs of Maud like every week and some of our other friends and eventually Maud got signed by an agency in Boston and they saw the pictures that I took of her and they were like, who took these? Like, these are awesome. Like, we would love to meet whoever took these and maybe like have them shoot some of our other girls. And that was amazing news to me when she told me I was like 
on cloud nine. I was like, oh my god, look, I'm making this happen for myself. I'm gonna. Be and you're a still a teenager. Yeah, I was 16. Yeah. Um, so it was awesome. And her agent at the agency reached out to me and was like, we love your images of Maud. Like, we'd love to meet you and talk about like future possibilities. So I go into the agency for this meeting and I end up riding the elevator up with the woman that I'm supposed to have this meeting with. Little did I know that it was her and she did not know that it was me. Um, so we're having small talk in the elevator, like we end up riding up to the same floor and she like at the top finally asks what my name is and I'm like, oh, I'm Ella, I'm like here for my meeting with Patty. And she's like, oh, I am Patty. Like, I just thought you were like one of the models coming into the agency. So I was like, Oh, Excuse me. So you I think just, I could be a model? So you what? You're skinny. <laughs> exactly that. Um, no, it was like music to my ears, and I ended up leaving that meeting both with a modeling contract and with like potential opportunities to be photographing their that's models. And so cool. That's how it all started. I mean, my they got me my first job. It was with Puma in Boston, and it was like a half day of shooting, like very athletic like, wait this is you shooting or this is you modeling modeling okay. modeling um <clears throat> yeah very athletic like jumpy runny poses and it was like the coolest thing ever to me because i'd grown up you know watching america's next top model and like had all of this insight from tyra banks like running through the back of my head as if Smiles. she had taught it to me myself of you course know? in a way she did <laughs> she did she totally did thank you tyra if you're listening um but yeah, that, that's how it all began, and I moved to New York in 2017 after graduating high school to go to Parsons, and that year I kind of really took a break from modeling, not by choice necessarily, but just because like modeling in New York and modeling in Boston are two very, very different things. Yeah, the competitions. It's much more fierce in New York. It's a lot tougher in New York. Like, suddenly there's like... 300% more competition um and there's just so many beautiful girls and so many jobs but like there's just yeah it's harder to get them um and I moved to New York and like honestly for the first year I had trouble even getting signed by an agency and like getting representation there um because a lot of agencies would just look at me and say I'm too short or the the agencies that were offering me contracts in New York were offering me conditional contracts which were like oh if you come back in a month and you've lost like an inch on this measurement like on your waist or on your hips like then we'll sign you but like I was already a small petite framed girl like there wasn't any inch to lose yeah um so it was a really tough first year even just trying to do it in New York like it, it felt like going from being like a a, a medium-sized fish in a small pond to being like the smallest fish in the biggest ocean I don't know somehow I made it through and I think that first year was way more about like getting settled into New York and like meeting people and making friends um than it was about like establishing a work relationship or a career in any sort you spent the first year getting settled modeling wasn't coming as easily as you maybe had hoped. When did you end up finding your agency? Um, well, actually, up until last year, I found this agency that I was signed with up until last year, um, and they found me. They reached out to me on Instagram over DMs while I was on a family vacation in California, actually, 
and I was in the car with my parents driving the 101 maybe like by PCH um, and I got in a DM from this agency asking if they could set up a FaceTime with me um, and it was the first agency this is the summer after freshman year to give some time context um, so after this whole year of like being rejected by people or being given you know empty promises from these people um, finally someone's reaching out to me and they want to have a FaceTime and we do this FaceTime also in the car as I'm on vacation I think the next day um, but they offer me a contract on the spot like they seem excited about me as an individual they don't want me to change anything about myself they're just like no we want you we want Ella Snyder like that's the dream yeah a hundred percent like that's all I wanted to hear for the past year and finally like someone was coming and, and saying exactly what I wanted to hear um so it's amazing and honestly I don't think anyone who was on that call or like worked at that agency at the time was even on my team for like more than three months after I signed with them because it was just like this very small boutique agency with like no money like they didn't really have any models like booking jobs um and so it was really kind of just this like almost resting point for these agents like in between jobs um in a way I mean this with all respect to this agency if anyone who works there is listening I appreciate everything that they did for me but, but it's not exactly time, what you anticipated no it wasn't what I anticipated and like at the time like probably my first two years of actually working in New York like I never had like one consistent agent while being at this agency you're just being passed along thinking that you have yeah this future of booking job after job and instead the emails you're getting are yeah hey, this is actually gonna be your new representation mm -hmm. for the next mm -hmm. nor did I ever actually book a job like with that team behind me um but eventually like like I said two years into being at this agency because of the normal modeling contract is for three years um so I was two years in and I had one year left and this guy comes to the agency and his name is Fuji and if I you know me if you know me you know Fuji is still my momager to this day <laughs> so we absolutely love and adore him and Fuji comes he is coming like from such a huge background of like working at modeling agencies like has worked at Wilhelmina, IMG, like was Allie Michaels agent like in the prime of her career which she's a supermodel so I was like very happy to have him in my corner and it was once he finally joined the agency that I like actually started getting some jobs which was awesome um he was like oh I actually like with this person in my corner like I could work and be a model maybe um in New York City like this is the first this is like happening to me and this is also like literally two or three months before getting the call about days 100 so, so this is senior year junior all of this is junior okay year. um because i yeah i dropped out after my last semester of junior year so i only have um, two semesters left of parsons if i wanted to go back but i don't know if that's gonna happen <laughs> only time was um but yeah so fuji joined the agency he starts getting me jobs like i f start to have a semblance of a modeling career um, in New York and this is like when I start doing 
fashion-y jobs too like not just commercial but um I shoot a Givenchy lookbook for Matthew Williams debut collection at Givenchy and like um my first big print editorial for Arena Ohm magazine which actually it's really sweet looking back on it now like both of those jobs actually came through the same casting director also which like in modeling like you get jobs through casting directors and going to castings so if you have casting directors that like you and support you like they really can be the one to launch your career and make a name out of you and I think that's what this woman did Rachel Chandler hi Rachel hi Rachel and Walter um hi, hi to both Walter. of you um because they're the ones that got me my first editorial the Givenchy lookbook and my first job with Diesel ever and I think it was working with Diesel that like really solidified my position in the fashion industry as a model. Let's talk about your Diesel. Okay, let's talk about Diesel. Yeah, let's talk about Diesel. How did that come about and your, dare I say the face? Yes. You've been the face of Diesel. I have been. It has, I mean, this has been the formative moment of my modeling career um, and it all started a little over a year ago, I was living in LA. I was on set for a Pride campaign and Rachel Chandler calls me, the same Rachel who got me my first modeling jobs. And she's she simply asks, how would you feel about going to Milan next month for a job? And I was like, girl, I've never worked abroad before. Like, I would love to go to Milan. Just call up Fuji and let him know what's going on. And then like 20 minutes later, she calls again. She's like, okay, talk to Fuji. Here's the job info. It's Diesel um, and it's in Milan and these are the dates. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. Like it's always amazing. Like when you get a job for a brand that you already know of, because it's like, okay, it's big. Like you're gonna see it somewhere. Um, and that's all I knew basically up until like the week that I went to Milan. Um, and that week finally comes and I get another call from her and she's like, hey girl, um, how would you feel about dyeing your hair bright red? Um, is that something you would be open to? And I love change. Like I love hair change, makeovers, transformations. Oh, I know. I'm like, this is my top model makeover moment. Um, like if they think this is going to like sh make me a model, like let's freaking go Dye um, my hair tomato red <laughs> yeah let's let's fire engine come on baby yeah. um so i say yes of course um and still not knowing that this all meant that now i would be the face of the brand um but i i arrive in milan it's my first time in italy it's my first time working abroad as a model doing like international high fashion campaign shoot job whatever um and i arrive at the studios which are like these huge sound stages like right outside of central milan and rachel's there and she's the first person i see thank god like a familiar face but she introduces me to glenn martins who's the creative director of diesel and at the time this was his first collection for diesel like his debut with the brand um, up until the point, up until that point, um, he had just been the creator, creative director and founder of Y Project, but now he does Y Project and Diesel. And I meet him. He is so sweet. He like gushes over me, and he says like this is 
the first time I hear of it, he's like, you are going to be the face of this brand. And I'm like, really? Like, are you, are you serious? Are you pranking? Like, is this a joke? Um, and he's like, yeah, like you're gonna look so beautiful with your diesel red hair and you're the protagonist of this film that we're making because like it, the project that we end up shooting that week is like this big fashion film um, that I like open and close the film and like am the, the main character in it. Um, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what would come after that, but it was like the best week of my life. And I just loved Glenn and I loved the whole team and Frank LeBon who was directing the project and I feel like we just like kind of meshed as this big fashion family and they saw how hard I worked and how how much I wanted it because like the things that they were making me do were insane like it would be like six hour six hours doing one shot in the same pair of like heeled pants like pants pant shoes pant boots jutes jean boots um heel pants heel pants like pants connected to my shoes that I couldn't take off so like my feet were hurting but like I couldn't take my shoes off because they were my pants um and I'd have to be in them for like six hours at a time doing one shot that was like running so yeah. I'd be running in heels down the street so no you're not covered in red for this one no that's like that's six months later um we'll get there We'll get there, but yeah, I think they just saw how dedicated I was and how hard I, I was working. How and they much were it like, meant to you? Yeah, they were like, "This is this is our girl." Yes, uh, Ella, I that's think, what we want. I think that really just like again solidified my my position with that brand. And like a few months later, they were calling me back to go. I think the next thing that we shot was the Diesel Library campaign in Miami, which was the project where there's like a hundred of me in a diner and it's like everyone in the diner is actually me and like I'm kissing myself and I'm serving myself pancakes and then I love those. Tony Braxton is in it and Aaron Piper like crazy cast um and then literally two weeks after shooting that I flew back from Miami to LA and then LA to South Africa and shot the diesel perfume campaign not even a month after that, went to Milan, and that's when they painted my entire body red, and I walked the my first ever live runway show, first of all. Um, thank you. And it was for Diesel, and I was painted fully red, and it was in Milan. That was six months ago now, and I actually just came back from Fashion Week, and I feel like that's what I'm unpacking in my life right now, is like life post-Fashion Week. Um, but I just came back from walking my second season in Milan for Diesel. Closing the show. Closing the show in a couture piece. As you should. Right where you're meant to be. Fashion Week seems incredibly hard. Do you feel that there's a different energy within the different cities? Does it feel like the, oof, does it feel like the same level of competition in Milan, New York, Paris? I think New York feels so intense because it's the first landing ground of fashion month like it goes new york london milan paris and does it feel or seem like those that book a ton in new york tend to do the best oh, out of everyone a hundred percent so like if you have a successful week in new york like you're gonna have a successful month for the rest of the month um, and if you don't you're just trying to you're trying to get your way back in there so yeah. that you can finish off the season strong yeah um and I think sports is <laughs> sport. It is a sport. It's all a game. It really is all a game. And like 
everyone starts out in New York like a month before fashion month even starts and it's just like 10 castings a day every day and they're just like job interviews but more intense and like solely based on your appearance so and your body and like very very minimally on your personality especially for these shows because no one cares what your personality is like at a show like you're there for a few hours and mm -hmm. you're gone like it's not like a campaign shoot when they're like oh we want to hire like the sweet bubbly girl like because we're going to be stuck with her for a week like they don't care like they just want the tallest skinniest prettiest girls and it's really 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 rough and some of these things like you go into and they already have like 300 girls there waiting and it's like they only want to see you for 10 seconds like they don't care so you're waiting for like four hours to be seen for 10 seconds and it's like you never even hear back from them so much time so much time wasted so much time and how does it feel having such a strong schedule growing up being in school going to school after high school, going to college, and then now having this career where you're either on full days or you're off completely. It's honestly crazy. It's like been such a big... There's no balance. Yeah, it's been such a big switch up. There's really not any balance or structure, I would say, to my lifestyle at this point. Because living, being your neighbor, mm -hmm. I know that you'll exist one day and the next thing you know you get a call and you have to go to Paris tomorrow. Yeah. And so there's no planning. You can't plan for your next week. Yeah, I plan nothing. I live very spontaneously. I feel like I always have a bag, like, half-packed and ready to go. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's very much like when I'm in L.A., for the most part, I'm off. Like, I'm chilling. I'm relaxing. I'm restoring from all of the madness that is this career. And then when I'm gone from LA, it's like 100% on. Like, I'm on the clock. She's professional. She's getting to work on time. She's serving. She's smizing. She's, yeah. She's on. Yeah. She's either on or she's off. She's on or she's off. Like, and it, it's it's definitely a, a balance. It's just like a balance that can't be planned for. <laughs> yeah. No, that would drain me mentally. Like, at, kudos to you. But... In addition to modeling, you still very much are a photographer and you have a ton of other creative endeavors. Is there anything else that you want to do outside of modeling right now? Um, I really think that the next chapter after modeling or like what I'm working on transitioning to is acting. Um, just because I do love being in front of a camera and there's such a performative aspect to modeling like you're stepping into this character it makes sense um for the most part like usually for still images but you know sometimes for for moving image yeah i think all of those things kind of have culminated into this idea for me that the next chapter in my life will be acting and like doing either live theater or like screen on screen acting for tv or movies um hopefully i mean the thing that scares me about it is like it seems even more uh like high pressure and more competition than modeling and like it's based the thing that i appreciate about it is that it's based way more heavily in craft and like craft is something that you can control and you can work on and it's not based on like just your appearance, you know? Yeah, the criticism has separation from you as a person. Yeah. Just the fact that you went into modeling older probably helped 
with self-esteem and development so much more because prior all these young girls that are modeling it's like god that's gonna be so tricky yeah and also just building a thick skin i think i've been able to do that versus like jumping in as like a 13 year old which is like what happens to a lot of these girls like your mind is so formable like it's it's not healthy and then you're jet setting back and forth and that's the skill set that you build and then once you age out of it they're like okay thank you so much for your time and you're like excuse me what yeah literally this is my whole existence no literally and like i think i've even started to notice it this season like how just how replaceable we all are like i've noticed all of my friends kind of get lookalikes put in jobs that they would have been in like i was looking at the zara website yesterday and my friend has been like a consistent zara person uh model for them mm -hmm. and i'm on their site yesterday and i see this model that looks just like them they found a lookalike they found a lookalike and they replaced the model like mm -hmm. it happens all the time and like the girls who were having like great seasons last season like they're 16 year olds in their place now Oof, it's rough. Like, it's really rough to see. And I think if I hadn't booked Diesel, like, I probably wouldn't be a model anymore because I don't think I would have had the self-esteem, one, the strength to pursue, two, or three, even just, like, the power in the industry to put up with all of this bullshit. Totally. Like, getting Diesel gave me, like, some sort of power that was like okay i can continue doing this and like, a little bit of stability totally totally because then suddenly like people knew my name and they were like oh maybe we do want to work with her like if glenn likes her maybe we'll like her and Tisa's like we're coming out with a fragrance come back for that let's go to south africa you yeah. know and you're like okay fabulous i'm doing clothes i'm doing accessories yeah as much as i could continue asking so many questions i did ask on instagram for things that people want to know so i do want to get into that and see what the internet wants to know about Miss Ellis Snyder. So we will get into that. My Instagram handle is at Lexi, but first a word from today's sponsors. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. I was so lucky as a kid. I never had seasonal allergies. It was not something I dealt with. And then something switched in my mid-20s and I started developing seasonal allergies and my allergies throw off my whole morning. So let me tell you about Astapro. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. I think it's important to mention that Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays can take hours. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy noses, and sneezing. I only recently learned about Astapro. I wish I knew about it sooner. If you're interested, get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Are you looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? Let me tell you about Recess Mood. It's infused with functional ingredients. It's not just a sparkling water. It has mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. It comes in four delicious flavors, strawberry rose, tropical bliss, blood orange, and raspberry lemon. 
think raspberry lemon's my favorite. I do like strawberry rose a lot as well. I love a fun beverage. It's nice to crack one open, pour it over ice, to unwind at home, chill on the couch, treat yourself to a night in. It's a great replacement for alcohol. It's also a way to stay balanced while on the go when you're running errands. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. So head to takearecess.com slash Lexi and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Okay, I'm going to get a little sad girl for a second. But Mother's Day is around the corner. And if your mother is still in your life, a really unique gift that you could get is my life in a book. How it works is that every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your mom questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or custom questions that you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And My Life in a Book compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. And then they can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. So it's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Woo! If you're interested, check out mylifeinabook.com and use code LEXI at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's M-Y-L-I-F-E-I-N-A-B-O-O-K.com and use code LEXI for 10% off today. Let's talk wellness, ladies. I know some of you love yourself a new wellness brand something to hop on and let me tell you about fleur marche they deliver simple quality and affordable wellness solutions founded by women and inspired by the female dreamers hustlers and activists on the front lines of change their mission is to help you feel 100 every single day with fun and easy to understand plant-powered wellness products their plant-based wellness patches deliver ingredients topically These ingredients are then absorbed into the skin and into the bloodstream. You just stick it right on your skin. They're vegan, cruelty-free, latex-free, tested for pesticides, herbicides, and other contaminants before and after production. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for the Atlexi listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code LEXI at checkout. Orders over $50 get free shipping. Go to F-L-E-U-R. M-A-R-C-H-E dot com and use code Lexi for 20% off your first order. Okay, this one's from Sponge Emoji. What is it like being the hottest diesel it girl? Oh my god, such a nice question. I love that we're starting out so positive, but I am going to pick at it. How does it feel to be an it girl from the outside and then feeling on the inside, I am replaceable. I could go at any moment. Does it, do you have moments where you're like, no, I'm, I am the it girl. Let me rephrase this, unless you have an answer for it. I honestly have never felt like an it girl in my whole life. Even though you I'm are a fan girl. No, I'm a fangirl. Like, I, at the core, I am still, like, the dorky kid from Boston who, like, had no friends. And, like, that's why she started a YouTube channel was because she needed friends online. Like, and, like, just watching all the videos and, like, consuming and loving, like, that's me. It definitely feels really, really, really cool to open up Vogue magazine and, like, see yourself in it. And, like, definitely for, like, a millisecond, you're like, oh, shit, like, I am that girl. But then, like, literally the next minute you get called into a casting and they're telling you that you're short, fat, and ugly and, like, but I'm a diesel it girl. But I'm a diesel it girl. Like it's just crazy. Like I never thought that a job that could be so affirming could also like tear away so your disaffirming. Self- yeah, like your self-confidence so much. Totally. But I, 
I love seeing you in all the diesel stuff. Let's see. I don't know how to pronounce this username. Kato Ellsworth. Uh, she wants to hear about all the emotions going on in your head with closing the diesel show. Oh my god. There were so many emotions running through my head. So many like thoughts of just like, okay girl, do not fall, do not trip. Um, I think mostly it was just adrenaline pumping. Like it was like this crazy techno house music like blasting in this arena. Mm -hmm. And being the one to close the show, like you don't, there's a lot of waiting. Like there were 70, 70 looks before me that had to go out and walk this arenas anticipation there was, so much, there was so much anxiety i'm not gonna lie and like i was literally standing in the lineup still having like the seamstresses like buzz and clip pieces off of my skirt to make sure i didn't step on them on the runway so there's just a lot of doubt going on of like am i gonna be able to do this is it gonna serve like am i gonna fuck it up um but mainly just happiness and joy and pride like st once I stepped out onto the runway like it was just like a cycle of things that I was telling myself that were like affirmations of like you got this you're a bad bitch smize like bite the back of your cheeks to have more cheekbones <laughs> <laughs> um don't trip and yeah, I don't know. It's just a crazy roller coaster of emotion. Does time stretch when you're on a runway? I think so. I mean, it feels really long. <laughs> like, it feels really slow. And it's like, how am I? You're like, you walk out and you turn the first corner, and it's like, shit, like, there's still three more things to go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're not done yet, you know? Um, I think time stretches, and like, you're, you're just like so many thoughts racing at a mile a minute. Do you ever black out when you get. Oh. Uh-huh, mm -hmm. uh-huh. I don't think I blacked out this diesel runway because there was just so much to think about, but I'm pretty sure, like, every runway I've walked before this season has just been a blackout, and I'm like, I have to wait until after the show and, like, watch the video and be like, wait, so what did I actually do out there? How was it? <laughs> literally. <laughs> How, was How was my walk? How was my walk? I, I literally only saw black. Also, you got to meet Miss Julia Fox. Oh, mother. My She's mother. tiny. She is. She's so small. She's petite and demure, babes. I feel like I might be a new fan. I'm definitely like, I love her. Julia Fox curious. I like wish that she would adopt me and it would be me and baby Valentino and, <laughs> and Julia. Um, but yeah, I met, I, I came off of the runway and she was standing backstage with Richie Shazam and we made eye contact and I was just like, I need a photo with you like I love you and she was like girl come here and like motioned me over and Richie took the pic of us and see Ella really is a fangirl at they're both sweeties I'm such a fangirl we went we went out for Halloween the other night and like I was fangirling over all of the youtubers at the party like <laughs> I am a fangirl okay mm, interesting question J020 asked, do you feel pressure or responsibility to represent queer identity in your modeling and creative work? I definitely think that I do. I don't think it's a pressure coming from anyone besides myself, though. Um, it feels like a personal responsibility that I have as a public figure, just someone in the public eye that is trans to be vocal for my community and speak up for people but you don't feel any pressure from anyone else? No, I don't think anyone makes me feel like I have to do that. I think that 
it feels like something that I have to do for myself and for my community and I think that or no I hope that one day like we can get to a point as a society that no one feels so silenced and that everyone's voices can feel heard and like it doesn't have to feel like a responsibility to speak up for your community because your community is speaking up for themselves. I think the only reason why I've put that pressure on myself to like be an active activist um, is yeah solely because like I feel like so much of my community has felt silenced for so long and like it really hasn't been up until like the past few years that like the trans trans voices and trans narratives and trans identities have been more uplifted and celebrated and had light shown on them um versus really just being more exploited or no just exploited yeah ella do you struggle with your mental health <coughs> It's the way I want to leave that in. <laughs> my, my mental health definitely manifests in physical ways, um, <laughs> such as IBS and being flatulent. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm laughing right now, but I definitely struggle with my mental health. Um, I'm and still laughing at the burp. I'm currently having the humor of a seven-year-old boy. Yeah, but I don't know. I grew up a, a very depressed child, and I think through years of therapy and medicating like I definitely manage my depression in better ways now and feel less depressed generally okay um and then I definitely struggle with anxiety I had a nervous breakdown last fall and like had to go home and live with my parents for two months and like that's when I got on this cocktail of medications that I'm on now um also with that like it's become a lot more manageable and like something that I've learned to live with and like with as it comes do you feel that your mental health has gotten better as you've aged it's been a roller coaster it I mean it, it's is. gotten a lot worse and it's gotten better in the last year and like who's to say where it goes from here but I, I, I hope it that. I hope it Me you know, plateaus a little my last episode of this podcast the one that was posted right before this one is called the depressive episode because I struggle with depression at you know, for the worst, it was junior of high school. I was unmedicated, raw dogging depression, having no clue what I was doing. It was definitely like the worst it had ever been because it was completely unsupervised and I was able to spiral in places that thankfully I've never been able to spiral back to since. But even still, with all of my healthy habits that I've implemented, one day I'll just feel so off and it'll start all over again. Yeah. And it's so disappointing, but I think... Brains are crazy. Brains are annoying. <laughs> Love them, I guess. Love-hate relationship. I like my mind more than my face. I like my mind more than my face, dare I say. Ella's no G. But some days I like my face more than my mind. And, and that's, that's okay. the truth. Sometimes I feel when I'm really dressed up, when my looks are on point, that I almost feel like my personality has escaped my body. Where I'm, I almost feel like I'm not myself because I look, I don't look quote-unquote myself I look better than and then in some ways I feel like my essence leaves interesting well yeah, yeah I feel that because like same with modeling like it's the same as stepping into a character like when I'm done up like it's Ella Snyder's out the door like it's it's Ellerys yeah Nigeria, who, whoever they need you to be <laughs> there's so many different fun questions I'm gonna refresh 
But also, I feel like we've had a fantastic episode. Mm -hmm. Keep going, though. I'm having fun. <laughs> Keep going. Um, <laughs> Ella, what's your favorite condiment? This is from Reese Fisher. Um, Let's keep it lighthearted right now. I think my favorite condiment is the McDonald's barbecue sauce. That's like, not the best condiment. I don't know. I don't know. Well, like, buffalo sauce and blue cheese. Okay. But, like... Don't let me stop your opinions, but I just feel like McDonald's barbecue sauce you can do better. Why does McDonald's have the best barbecue sauce out of any <laughs> other barbecue sauce? Also, I recently ordered Jack in the Box for the first time. Their honey mustard's incredible. Good to know. I had no idea. I never would have known. What are other things you like to do for fun? <laughs> um, I love going thrifting. I think my go-to is always just hitting up friends and seeing what they're doing and joining in on that. I think like vintage shopping, antique shopping, thrifting, going, um, to flea. going to the flea, and then like always upcycling like the things that I buy, either making them like more snatched or more new looking or just different. I don't um, think people know that about you, how crafty you are. I'm so crafty. I'm like a DIY girl, bleach and tone girl. Like Both I of our hair. We've, I'm, I'm hashtag bleached by Ella. I did Lexi's blonde and my blonde, and Ella's been dyeing my hair all summer. I haven't been to a salon. I I have Ella come up to my kitchen. You hung your TV. You mounted yeah, your I'm, own TV. I'm Bob the Builder. Like, you built your bed, my bed, my dresser. You made Tyra's Halloween costume. Yeah, I'm very crafty. You're so crafty. Crafty and thrifty. You are thrifty. If there's a look that you want to recreate, you will find a way to do it in the budget that you feel like spending. Yeah, like I just I just made my Twiggy costume for the other night, like fully out of things that I already had in my closet. And it was incredible. Insert photo here. Thank you. Thank I was a naughty little nurse. I looked like a whore on Thanksgiving. <laughs> on Thanksgiving. On Halloween. On Halloween, I did not look like and will not look like a whore on Thanksgiving. My family deserves better but i did look stop it no 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 what does it say battery exhausted okay that's about to die too yeah i know so we gotta wrap it up thank you so much ella snyder for coming on today's podcast thank you I for would, having me lexi i would love to have you back i can't thank you enough for helping me with this setup i really feel like this couldn't have been possible without you and we can't wait to see where your career goes and what the future looks like for you and if you guys want to follow Ella, her handles are at Ella Snyder on Instagram. Yes, at Ella Snyder on Instagram. At Sad and Bougie on Twitter. Sad and Bougie on Twitter. And at not Ella Snyder on TikTok. Alright, thank you. Thank you so much. Talk to you guys later. XOXO. Love Lexi. you listeners. Thank you for listening to me. Bye video.